bus. Do you want to learn how to shake them around? Come on down to Pooty Boot Booty Toot Toot Boot Camp, where we'll give you lessons on twerking, shaking, dropping, waggling, rattling, swanging, tangling, and jazz squaring that wiki dumper. You want to be a twerky sandwich? Just three dollars. Not three dollars a week or three dollars a day. Just three dollars. I want a Whopper. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, January 13th, 2023. Spooky. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, it's the bearded woman, Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey hey And over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. No Tassie today. He's up in the Great White North. Playing drinking games with his high school buddies. <laughs> I'm <Nice>. jealous. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> they're like drinking, you know, booze from a straw or something like that. It's like they're drinking Olympics. So good luck to Tass and who yeah. he gets partnered up with uh, up there. So yeah, just the three of us here and a special guest coming in in a second. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment away, share the show. Last I checked, we were something like 19 people away from 60,000 subs. That's it, it. It is close. It could happen mid-show. Oh, um, wow. 16 people now. 16 from 60,000 subs on YouTube. <laughs> let's exciting, do it. Exciting. Yeah, let's do it during this show on the Drop Podcast. Uh, get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com and send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. That's I-N-C on the end. Okay, on today's Drop Podcast, you are taking over Tass's duty of giving us the worst of the week nominees. You got a good batch for us? An incredible batch Ooh. of candidates. Okay, great. I feel bad that Tass has to miss it. Mm. He would have loved to talk about this. He picked these. a horrible Friday <laughs> yeah, to head yeah, up yeah. north, eh? Because we got great Worst of the Week nominees. Uh, we're going to look at the latest fan returns when it comes to the All-Star starters. We got our second batch yesterday. We got Tweet of the Night. We got Rapid Fire Fun. But first, we got a special guest on the horn. He's an NBA analyst and writer and editor at The Athletic, who uh, specializes, honestly, in the X's and O's. And he's fantastic at it. He's the author of this book right here, Spaced Out, How the NBA's Three-Point Revolution Changed Everything You Thought You Knew About Basketball. It is Mike Prada, again, from The Athletic. Welcome to No Dunks, Mike. What's up, man? Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, what kind of drinking game involves a straw? Uh, I bo- am I stupid or should I, like, am <laughs> well, I like missing out on something? I, I want to say they maybe fill up like an ice cube tray with booze and then it's like you're no, bad. No, 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 no. You're, you're not, no? It's a chalice. It's oh, it's a chalice. chalice. He said oh, it was a chalice. Okay. They're in teams. There's two guys. They each have a straw. And you're both second out of the same chalice <laughs> against another team who is also has a chalice. Okay, and it's like three mm. beers in this chalice. So, There's yeah. three beers okay. in the chalice, okay. and, and uh, everybody wins. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. How, so this, yeah, go this ahead. Kind of looks. Is this kind of like the uh, spaghetti? Uh, like two people eating spaghetti, and they're that sort of thing. Yeah. La- it's called Lady and the Tramp. Is what the name of the drinking? Oh game yeah. Tass comes okay. back yeah. every year. Says I kissed uh, Dave Sutton's right on the mouth. <laughs> Happens every time. Well, it. Was, it was Mike Nomi one time. <laughs> it's true. Well, this sounds Obviously. fun. I wish I was there. I know. Uh, I know. I'm happy to be here too. Yeah, this we're is, we're happy to have you here, Mike. Uh, let's start with the book. Uh, and I guess the first question is like, 
when did you get this idea to write this book? And and we'll get into how it's like perfectly timed, uh, this book <laughs> dropping and with the wild scoring explosion. But like, yeah, how long ago did you start like thinking there was something here to sort of sink your teeth into? Yeah, you know, it, it was a bit of a unique process. I The day I got furloughed from SB Nation, which was sometime in 2020 during the beginning of the pandemic, I got an email from Triumph saying, hey, we're looking for someone to do an X's and O's book. What do you think? And I had no concept that I wanted to do a book. So it kind of happened there. As far as why I wanted to do it this way, you know, I had done a video for SB Nation maybe back in 2018, I want to say, about when there was sort of one big scoring explosion about just look at the impact of all this space on the floor. It was right before the playoffs. And ever since then, you know, it just it's all I could see when watching a game, just how far it was spreading out, 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 out. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's sort of why I didn't want to, the idea of like, teach people X's and O's of basketball felt really intimidating, but this felt a little bit more focused. So that was about 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, maybe like May, June, something like that. Uh, The day, again, the day I got furloughed, it was just crazy timing. And I think I started really kind of working in earnest on it in August of 2020 and turned it in in March of 2022. So that's kind of the timeline. And Really, the hardest part was just like figuring out what I wanted to include and how to keep it focused because, you know, this book could have been five volumes. It was just (laughs) hard to figure out maybe 10 volumes and there's inevitably people you're going to leave out. So who were the most important characters and what was the structure of the story? That was what took the most time, honestly. Well, you get to a lot in this book. So kudos to you. But it's like, uh, (laughs) you know, especially for some dummies like me. Or us, I could. Can I include you in the dummies conversation, Trico? Oh, I'm very dumb. Yes, yeah. thank you. You do an incredible <laughs> job, Mike, and you've always done this of like the X's and O's, like breaking it down and making it make sense when it can be uh, somewhat confusing. You even have like, you know, cool uh, like sort of coaching diagrams in this book, which, yeah. <laughs> which caught me by surprise, which was really fun. And like, you know, some people are are visual learners, so it's sort of cool to see the moving pieces when you're talking about the X's and O's. You you cover, obviously, the explosion of three-point scoring in Spaced Out, but there's also, like, chapters on the rise and fall and sort of rise again of zone defenses. There's a, there's a topic or a chapter, I should say, on, you know, spatial awareness and just sort of, like, maybe we're in the golden age of passing. There's things about the tighter whistle and the, uh, you know, the impact that defense plays on all of this. Like, do you have a favorite chapter uh, within Spaced Out? Ooh, I would say that's a good question. I feel like I'm answering, you know, do you love your children? Which child do you love the most? Right. So, but uh, I would say the one you talked about was spatial awareness, the chapter nine and the passing golden age is up there. That one took the longest to write because honestly, I spent so much time looking at like academic studies of how our eyes perceive things (laughs) that I just was so drowned in them. And I I had to be pulled out by like various (laughs) people would be like, you're looking at too many of these. And so the act of that whole narrative of that chapter coming together, where you're talking about the impact of more space on the floor, allowing you to see more things, but then also the like ability to see more things and the pattern recognition being totally different and how that's affected players. It just, there are a lot of different elements to tie together. And I mean, I hope I did that one well, but that was, that's one's my favorite. The other one I really liked was uh chapter 11, the sort of rise of the Euro step two step, you know, traveling, carrying, like kind of how we just change dribbling mm-hmm. chapter as chapter 11, I want to say. Uh, those two were a lot of fun to write because I felt like those were two that have not been talked about as much. Yeah. You know, you had to kind of get to 
okay, here's like kind of the big stuff. Here's sort of the three point element. Here's like pace and space. Here's like kind of the the technical details of defense and whatever. But then you had a little more time to really dig into what the players are doing. And I, I really enjoyed that part of it. When you're doing and reading these academic studies about spatial awareness and pattern recognition, did it have an effect on you personally? Are you noticing things more often in your yes. everyday life? <laughs> yes. So there's a line in the spatial awareness chapter that's literally me recounting the process of typing a book chapter in a library while looking at, while seeing books. <laughs> so yes, it's it, it's like kind of eerie and creepy. Uh, well, we had another guy in the NBA last night, Damian Lillard. Came in a loss to the Cavs. He goes for 50, though. I believe it's our 15th 50-point game by 13 different players this season alone. We just hit the midseason halfway point. This NBA scoring explosion... Um, Mike, again, it ties perfectly with this book. What the hell is going on? And is it going to continue in your mind? And like, is it just going to go up and up and up? Or will there be a drastic rule change to try and like rein it in a bit? What do you think? Well, I think short of a rule change, it is going to go up, uh, first of all. You know, the, in some ways, like this is a really simple story. Like in some ways, like we're we're kind of diving into all the reasons and like, I'm looking at after doing this book and I, I'm like trying to check myself to be like, is this really, is this because I spent a whole two years writing a book on it? Or is this really this simple? It's like when the court was once this big, we're on YouTube. I can do this. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. But for the, uh, for the audio <laughs> listener, uh, Mike has his fingers, about, hands about a foot apart. <laughs> yeah. It was once this big. And then because they shoot threes really far away, the surface area of the court is this big. Right. Hands much further and apart you, now. Yep. Yes, thank you for the play, but yeah. this is very helpful. Um, and you don't add more players to fill it, so there's still five players that got to fill this space. It's going to be easier to – they have to cover more space, so it's going to be easier to move within that. Right. And then you add in that the shot is worth one more point. To me, it's like just sort of almost self-evident. Like we're going to have better scoring. when like If you play capture the flag and then all of a sudden they said, actually the boundaries of the field are like over here instead of over here – it's going to be easier to get the flag. Right. More room to operate. Yeah. Like it's sort of fairly, to me, that's like kind of the simple part. The interesting part though, that I think is a little more complicated and I cover in chapter three a little bit is how is it possible that superstars are doing more, taking more shots, higher usage, this whole heliocentrism phrase to borrow Seth Partnow's uh, terminology. Yet it's also true that like role players are more involved and there's more ball movement and, (laughs) player movement like how can those both be true and that's sort of what chapter three wrestles with this idea of you know because the superstar and because of zone defense and it's not just a one-on-one game as as simply as it was maybe before the illegal defense rule in 2001 the superstar kind of now has more of an exponential indirect impact on the game rather than a very simple like we throw the ball to Shaq Everybody clears out. Shaq goes one-on-one. If he's double-teamed, he throws to the open man. Mm. There's, like, more complexity to it, which has sort of allowed the superstar to simultaneously be more indirectly impactful and potentially directly impactful while also allowing everybody else more time to play. And that's the the thing I wrestle with in Chapter 3, and I think you're seeing a lot of that this year with it's particularly individual scoring explosions that are happening, mm-hmm. right? Like more 50 point games, all the stars. Uh, that's, I think the trend and you know, that that's, I guess a simple and complicated answer to the question. Yeah. And most people would 
consider that fun. You know, these 50-point games, 60-point games, 71-point game from Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> but there is like this counter of, is this good for the league podcast, or Wrong the podcast. sport? Like, well, what's like, what's your opinion, Mike? Like, are you in, enjoying this? You, you want to see more of it? Or can it be a little too much of a good thing? Uh, what do you think? I like it. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have written a book about it. <laughs> Fair. But I understand. Here's the thing that I think is is happening. And because it was such a sudden change in style of play, like, I don't think people realize that literally three-point attempts have doubled in, like, less than 10 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, there is, like, sort of the longer tail, like, gradual change. But really, we're in a spike that started in 2014. And, like, the game is unrecognizable from what it was even then. You know, where when you think of where the players stand and where they cut and how they how it just sort of presents itself on the TV if you kind of take a wider view. So in that sort of situation, like imagine like you watch one thing for your whole life and then all of a sudden it's a completely different thing. I would feel weird and I would there would be a part of you that's like, wait, I like the thing I already watched. Right, mm-hmm. right. I want to go back to that. And I think just the sudden nature of that the other thing I think that's happening is that it's so fast that I think paradoxically it's harder to follow because if you're sitting down watching a game, you're not, let's say you're watching a full game. You're now watching what, like 10, 15 more possessions than you were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably more than that. If you were for 20 years ago, it's jarring. It looks weird. So I think anytime something looks different, people are going to wonder if it's good because we like what we like. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of human nature. So that's my thought process there. So I, whether it's good long-term or bad long-term, I think it's tough to say, but I can understand like the feeling of like, wait, what the hell is this? <laughs> right. You it know? just looks different. <laughs> yeah. Do like, you... This is not, this is not the same sport I watched. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And it's changed. I mean, look, it's changed in the time we've been doing a podcast. Yeah. When, you, when you think exactly, about it, yeah. you know, 15 years ago, it was a different game. Do you think we'll see, um, like a four-point line or, you know, uh, allowing the defense to be more physical or go back to hand check, whatever. Like, do you think there will be um, a rule change like that? And do we need one or do you want one? First of all, no, I don't think we need one. I think sometimes this is a – part of it is that it's only been 10 years, so I think we just sort of have to let this play out a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, last year offense was down a little bit as they – I think there was a lot of talk about the new rules and less fouling and mm-hmm. all this. I thought it was a little overplayed, but, you know, offense was down a little bit. This year, I think you've seen a response by offenses to say, hey, okay, you're going to just guard two areas that are this far apart from each other, the three-point line and the basket. We're going to use that space in between a little bit more, maybe not in terms of shot attempts, but in terms of how we're who we're bringing into that area. Like, we'll, t- we'll pluck that low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh that to me is that's a key trend that's happening that is a response let's give it time to see how the defense responds to that like i like the natural back and forth i think we need that as far as how likely it is i think it will depend on like kind of just interest levels you know to me a four-point line doesn't really solve much because first of all there's going to be more scoring right because four is more than three which is more than two right Mm -hmm. second of all they're already standing like the whole point of a three-point line is to kind of force people to spread out so that everybody's not in the phone book and everybody's not punching each other in the face and trying to you know just play so physically that it's just not a it's a slow experience like that's the whole point of a three-point line without it people wouldn't stand far away 
they're already standing at four point range. So, <laughs> and there's only so much more room you can go before you get to a backcourt violation. So I don't really see what that would solve. To me, the more interesting potential rule change that I would think about is what if you didn't have an arc for a court for a three point line? What if it was just the corner was not a was not worth three points. Right. Or what if this is an idea I've heard that I think is really interesting is what if you had, you know, how you have like three seconds in the lane. What if you had like a little box in the corner and said, you can't stand here for more than three seconds. Oh, wow. Because, wow. <laughs> because part of the, part of what's happening is that it's not just the outer edge of the court further out that's spreading. It's that more people are standing on top of the baseline. So it both barriers are spreading to create this larger surface area. So what if you, did something maybe to discourage people from standing at the other outer border of the three point line of, of the court. Right. How would that change the game? That one's somewhat intriguing to me, but to me, I, I just, it's, it's all happened so fast. Like sometimes you just got to let nature play, play its course. Sure. And, that's what I would recommend. And and see how the defense adapts. I think uh, you wrote this in an athletic article recently about this whole scoring explosion. I thought it was a, a great point. You said that the most important lesson from this like three-point revolution, it's it's about the effect of taking all these threes and not mm-hmm. actually the threes themselves. So the whole point of launching you know, 40, 50 threes in a game is to present the threat to the defense to stretch themselves just too thin, open up more yeah. space, for then the layups, the driving lanes, the the mid-range shots and stuff like that. Uh, And I think like, yeah, even myself, I get caught up in like, it's just like, take a bunch of threes, hit a bunch of threes. But it's actually just having five guys out there that are a threat to even knock down a three at a fairly consistent rate. That just is, it just, the defense has to respect it and therefore get out of the paint and there's more room to operate. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And you look at the, what's really driving this year's explosion it's better two-point shooting. Every range of the court, the hmm. two-point zone of the court is higher. You're shooting better on layups, better on floaters, better on short mid-range, better on long mid-range. The reason is fairly simple. More, If you spread the defense out, there's fewer people in those areas, so the shots are easier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And, you know, it's sort of like kind of this funny thing that I think we – I think shot charts in some ways have maybe blunted this point too much where if you're just looking at a shot chart, you don't really get the effect of the threat that we're talking about. I mean, Mike D'Antoni used to say it all the time. The whole, all we wanted to do was just get layups. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. (laughs) Right. But if everybody's standing in the paint because you're not going to shoot a three because you're afraid that it's a bad shot, how are you supposed to get layups? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, I think that's really what it it comes down to. And I actually think that one of the reasons that offense is up this year is I think that the league has finally fully figured that out. You know, the rivalry between Houston and Golden State, I think, has sort of – we've gotten a couple years past that. And the lessons of both of those teams have trickled down to the whole league, uh, where you had – Golden State was more about the movement element of it. Houston was more about the – the math and the, the spread element. Yeah. You combine those, you get what you get this year. And so, yeah, I think that's the, that's the main point that I think it's, I mean, there's a, there's also a greater theme that's sort of present in that is that instead of worrying about chaos, let's embrace it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that the NBA had a lot of trouble getting their heads around. And I think now they finally have their heads around it. And as a viewer, I can understand being like, well, I, I don't know what I'm seeing here. There's almost too much to see. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so I can understand that being a harder thing to follow and maybe you don't like that, but that's what is really happening is like this thing that this chaos element, like let's power gain power from it instead of being afraid of it. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's get into uh, some NBA midseason awards. Let's hear your opinion on uh, at least the front runners right now, as we've hit the halfway point, we've talked a lot about them, but uh, MVP, Mike, uh, you know, maybe you got a top three. I don't know. Do you get an official vote? Are you uh, not an that I know voter? of? No, okay, I have well, never had a vote. Well, you should. Let's try and make that. I happen. have advised official voters before. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I have I've not received in. one. Okay, okay, close <laughs> enough in our books. The invisible hand. Uh, yes, right, right? I like that way. They, they get the blame. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's no uh, Google spreadsheet with Mike Prada's name and his votes on it. No. People can get upset with you. At the <laughs> who end gave the... Kuzma an MVP vote? Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Prada, <laughs> classic. Uh, so who do you have um, as MVP, like right now? I mean, I know we can't like predict the future, but like, yeah, who's at the top of your, your MVP leaderboard? Hmm. I think there's three names. It's okay. Jokic, uh, it's Doncic, it's KD. I had Jason Tatum in there for a while. You know, here's an interesting question that I like I've been thinking about over the last decade is that what do you guys think about this? Is it bad to win MVP? The last MVP who won whose team won the title was Steph Curry in 2015, I believe. Okay, same wow. season you're talking. Yeah, interesting. Right. We've had a lot of these MVPs of the like kind of Russell Westbrook like kind of carrying a pretty good team right. variety. Honestly, that's what Jokic has been the last two years. Yeah. In some ways, this Jokic year to me is like the more pure MVP season, the purest MVP season he's ever had, you know, where he's not always putting up these gargantuan numbers. He can, but there are also other games where he like takes five shots and goes like 10, 14, and 13. You know, to me, that's like kind of, I think that's the element of the MVP that I like the most, where you you can make the same impact on a game somewhat indirectly than directly. So like, I think that's why I have Jokic right now. It's Jokic, Durant, Doncic in that order. Luka has the best stats, but I do think that his impact is always so direct that it's, you know, somewhat against the spirit of the award in my head. But it's just an interesting, like, larger macro trend. Like, Mm -hmm. before Steph in 2014, who was 15, who was the last MVP to win the title? LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. LeBron. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the past, it used to be like Jordan won how many MVPs? Kareem won how many? I mean, the two years that Giannis won the MVP, the Bucs flamed out in the playoffs. The year he doesn't win the MVP, they win the championship. (laughs) Right, right. So I don't know. There's just, there's so much that goes into that, but it's sort of like, is this even an award you want to win? (laughs) Well, I think, yeah. I think, yeah, people still do want to win MVP, but the, the general narrative. 10 years ago was best player on the best team. You are in the mix. And Mike, you're listing your top three MVP candidates. It's hard to argue with Jokic, Doncic, and KD, but Jason Tatum's the best player on the best team so far through the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. And it feels like he's losing steam as an MVP candidate right Right. now. So I definitely agree with what you're saying that the game has changed with regards to voting. Yeah. And part of it too is like, if you're trying, if you have like a lot of different threats, you're necessarily going to limit the like statistical impact of the best player. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you have, I mean, look at the Mavericks in particular. I mean, they, they centralize everything through Luca and they're what they're like five games over 500. Now I think after last night's crazy game <laughs> there, that's obviously like, not like, like they would want to not do that, but 
what would happen if Luka Doncic only took 90% of those plays and maybe like some of the other guys got a little more involved? Could the whole be worth more than some of its parts? This is all what basketball has been, but I think this new era with the spacing, with the sort of need to kind of think less in one-on-one terms with illegal defense now being not a thing anymore, it's forced us to kind of consider like, does one plus one always equal two in basketball? And if so, how do we kind of quantify the best players when maybe the numerator of their impact, does this make any sense that this analogy is like kind of weathered? I, I, like, <laughs> weathered. I know. We're worth it. But, <laughs> like the, the one, the numerator of their impact is very big, but like, is it exponential? Right, 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 right. And like, that's the question. I mean, that's uh look, I'm not the one to answer that. I'll tell you that right now, but it's a hell of a question to, to think about with Jokic too. Specifically, you had him at the top right now. A lot of people I think would in the preseason, and I was just as guilty. We're going. There's no way he can win a third MVP in a row. We just will yeah. not allow it. We, he's a great he, player. He's an all-time great player, but he's not on that level, not having won but, a title, I think, yet. Right. And now that's like that's like gone. It feels like the opposite's now happening. We're like, well, if he's on the best team in the West, then why not? This is exactly, this is exactly the, the confusion point. Why was Jokic ineligible? One was because of what you're talking about, but two was – Oh, he's got his healthy teammates again. He doesn't have to do as much. Right, right. <laughs> right? So, like, how does that make sense? It's like, it's just a, it's a weird thing. I, I think it's a strange quirk in the MVP. And the other award that I think is, like, kind of in a big picture is sort of undergoing some sort of existential crisis a little bit with this is Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. Because if defense is increasingly more about covering space rather than players, mm-hmm. right, how do you kind of suss out, well, that stop is because of Brooke Lopez at the rim versus Drew Holiday on the ball? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, and I think the defensive we saw player of the year, the... it's like it's almost like a team award now, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like Marcus Smart, I think, is a perfect example last year. I, I think that, that last year's chase was a harbinger of things to come in this award. And you're seeing it this year, I mean – it's sort of funny to have a defensive player of the year in a year where like everyone's scoring zero points. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like your who are your top candidates? You're looking at what Brook Lopez because if he's really good at one very important thing, Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of occupies the sort of do everything defender that has often won it. Who's the kind of Marcus Smart of this year? Is it like? Drew Holiday? Is it like OG? OG, OG maybe, yeah, but the, the Raptors guy. aren't that good as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is it, and, and like, what about like someone like Nick Claxton, who is amazing when he plays, but he only plays 25 minutes a game? Mm-hmm. These are sort of, I don't know if like the, in the past, I think it was a lot easier to say, like, well, the guy who's the best at stopping the superstar one on one or the guy who gets the most blocks, it's, it was a little simpler to sort of suss out their impact. Now, because the game is just so spatial. I, I don't know what 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 is most important. Defense is almost exponential now too. Yeah. So to me, it's just a very interesting. I'm very curious to see how it plays out. I think I would probably pick Jackson right now. Okay. Because I think he can impact the most areas indirectly. Like he's got the greatest shadow impact, which I think is most important. I might have picked like Anthony Davis if he stayed healthy mm-hmm. for the same reason, but I don't know. I mean, like. How can you say Drew Holiday is not super important to what the Bucks do? How do you know who's more important between Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez? 
But how do I figure exactly. that out? Yeah, and then you like, I know it's only one game and it's only two minutes from one game, but then like Drew Holiday, like I just watched Jalen Brunson light his ass up. You know, it's like cause it's very, very <laughs> yeah. difficult yeah. to stop these guys. You know, you get a pick, there's room to operate, and it's like there's only so much you can do. So, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Okay, so you got Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. That's fair. What about most improved? That's also a weird award where it's sort it of gone over the last couple of years to, a, to like uh, I think Trey's called it the – MVP consolation award. It's like a little bit. It's MVP like junior. MVP junior. Yeah. It's like you took one hell of a leap. You're almost in the MVP, or you are in the MVP conversation on the outside a little bit. So here's MIP. But uh, what do you think uh, the the front runner right now, and even your thoughts on the award, Mike? Yeah, I think usually I agree. It's sort of a nebulous award. This year, I think it's kind of a clear winner. <laughs> Ironically, it's Laurie Markkinen mm-hmm. because like the the challenge you have with this award is if you're young, you're supposed to improve one yep so how do you weigh that so that like you look at someone like shea gilgis alexander i mean he's obviously taking a huge leap but we knew he was good we just had to see him play a little bit well, so right, is right. this leap to 30 points a game on a bad team or, or pretty deep, like kind of spunky team yeah like i love watching the thunder play i love watching shea like is that worth more than you know laurie marketing going from a role player to like a first option I don't know. And then, so there's the age element, there's the opportunity element, and then there's sort of the, this guy should have been playing a lot more anyway, and now he's just getting the minutes element. Mm-hmm. But weirdly to me, Laurie Barkin and sort of checks all boxes of guy who's old enough where you wouldn't expect this leap to happen at this stage, guy in a new role, but like kind of still thriving better in a more expanded role. He checks that box uh, and the new team element where he's got to do something totally different from what he's ever done in his career. So weirdly this year, I think it's pretty clear cut, Hmm. but in general, yeah, I mean, some of these awards I think are nebulous by definition. So, you know, we always say, Oh, I can't figure out what the criteria is, but like, it's kind of the whole point, right? Yeah. Yeah, You got to choose which word in the name of the award (laughs) is most important to you. So for me, most improved player, it's most right now because I think Markkinen mm. improved literally the most right from where he was at <laughs> compared to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea was putting up great numbers when he was on the court for the Thunder. He's obviously taken a step forward, but Markkinen wasn't even the most exciting piece that the Jazz were getting back in the trade. <laughs> right. People were more excited right. they were getting Colin Sexton. They're like, oh, look at this. He might have this the- guy scored twenty four a game one year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, They're yeah. thinking he might be able to do the same thing. Yeah. So I'm with you, Mike. I think Markkinen being on his third team now, he's kind of just been a standstill three point shooter and now he can do stuff off the dribble. I think it would be awesome also for your book if he won because the Jazz spacing things out is a huge part mm-hmm. of the reason that Mark and yeah. has so much room to operate inside. Yeah, and they, they're also putting him on the move more. So it's like they Will Hardy does some weird, like kind of cool sets to kind of get him and dribble handoffs. And yeah, it's sort of just different. Uh, he's a different type of player, but yeah. There will, yeah, there will be votes definitely, definitely for SGA, though, especially oh, the way out. MIP has gone. Like, John Morant's, like, winning it last year is, you know, I saw still an sort of insane. Case. Yeah. I, I saw an interesting case from, I think, Michael Pino on the ringer that it should be Luka Doncic. Oh, God, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> because, we, we did that well, before because... We did that before with Steph Curry in his second MVP season. I remember True. that. There was like a, a, a three-week window where it's like, maybe Steph Curry is also yeah. MIP because he's improved on his MVP. Sorry to cut you I'm off. I'm pretty sure I wrote a piece in 2012 about why it should, KD should win most improved. So <laughs> it's just the same thing that right. repeated over and over. <laughs> <laughs> when you do this long enough, yeah, exactly, that happens. Uh, well, you, you slipped in Will Hardy. We were talking about the Jazz. Who's your coach of the year, which sometimes is also what's the most surprising team uh, yeah. at the midseason point? So who would you go with? 
I think there are three guys that stand out. I'm not sure who I'd pick right now. One is Joe Missoula from Boston. They're the best team, but then you also consider just all the stuff that happened in the preseason. Yep. Do you give him a degree of difficulty bump for just sort of coming in unexpected? I think you you maybe do. The other one is Jock Vaughn, although yep. I do sort of wonder, uh, and I know you guys, we all love Steve Nash as a basketball player, and you know, he did some good things. I do wonder if there's sort of like a value over replacement thing going on there where like Jock Vaughn, like maybe Steve Nash was just a lot worse as a coach than we thought. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. But I do think that Jock Vaughn deserves a lot of credit. And the third is Willie Green in New Orleans because one of the, and I, I actually, one of the guys I work closest with uh, at the athletic I added is Will Guillory who covers the Pelicans for us. And so I've w- spent a lot of time watching their team and following them. There's a sort of national thought that the key to their improvement is Zion Williamson being MVP quality coming back you know, just the star power at the top of the roster. But the truth is, is that they've played very little time with their best players mm-hmm. on the court together. Zion's been in and out of the lineup. Brandon Ingram hasn't played since the 28th of November. They've almost been worse. I think they now are six and four because they lost to Boston the other night without both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, yeah. And so this, what's really happening there is that they've got this core of depth coalescing, these young guys who are coming into their own that somehow fit in together while stealing each other's shots and minutes and all this, all these pitfalls that you would think a young team, you would fall apart. Instead it's working the other way for them. And I think Willie Green deserves a lot of credit for creating that culture. So to me, those are the three guys that I would put, I don't know who I'd have winning right now. I think maybe I'd pick Missoula just because the team is the best team. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's those three guys and everybody else. No disrespect to Will Hardy doing great job, but that team's what, like four games under 500 now? Yeah. yeah. Now let's settle well, down a little bit. Uh, and then final one here, it's not a real NBA award, but uh, hey, maybe it should be. They could make another crystal vase out of this uh, <laughs> with, like a, with like a turd in the middle, I guess. Uh, most disappointing team. Ooh. <laughs> uh, who, who, <laughs> hence the, hence when the he turd. When turd in yeah. the middle, I was yeah. like, where's the turd? I mean, there feels like there are a lot to pick from. Uh, at the mm. mid-season point here. Who who are you going, or maybe who are your top three uh, disappointing teams? Uh, Minnesota, I think, mm. is number one for me. I was a little skeptical about them taking a leap because I, I just thought, as great as Rudy Gobert is, you know, I'm not – it's probably a little rude to call him a system player, but, like, the way the Jazz setup worked, like, it was perfect for what he was right. good at. It, it kept him in – it was like one of those like kind of great like one plus one equals more than two moments where he would look better because of the system and the system looked better because of him. You take him from that to a place where he's kind of got to play in the dunker spot more and, you know, they have a very hyperactive scheme. I just thought that would take a lot longer than people realize. And But even despite that, they should be better than what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're so baffling and disappointing. The other one, I think Houston's been kind of disappointing. Oh wow! I know there's been a <laughs> there's been a lot of talk of, you know, obviously they we expect them to be bad, but like there, there's a lot of people teeing off on how bad their culture is right now, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting, um, and I didn't expect that. And the last one is the Clippers. Okay, the Clippers for look, I get it; they've had a lot of injuries, but I've had this lingering worry about them that they're kind of built for 2020, you know, where they actually now that the league is a little more up on five out and that style of play, they need to do more to get to the basket and drive and take advantage of those middle spaces and 
you know, they have to have a little more juice than what they have. And their offense is way down at the bottom of the league. And I don't think that's because just because of the guys they missed. I've had this lingering worry about them. And I guess we'll see. Maybe they'll be better in the playoffs. But I'm I'm not so sure. Well, those are great picks, and thank you for not picking either of our teams in the uh, Bulls oh, and Raptors. Oh, shoot, Toronto, I forgot No, about no, yeah, let's, just, let's just wrap it up. Mike Prey to everyone, thanks for coming up. Uh, you're super <laughs> kind for not mentioning the Bulls or the Raptors, but that's probably because they're both ahead of the Wizards in the standings. Here's a really hot question for you. Who's going to get the 10th Ooh. seed in the Eastern Conference <laughs> between Chicago, Toronto, and Washington? Call your shot. Uh, uh, Chicago's going nine. Oh! Nine right Chicago nine, Atlanta 10. Okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so Raptors on the outside looking. Hey, Mike, look, thank you so much for jumping on with us here on the Drop Podcast. Spaced out, guys. Again, I got a link there in the YouTube comments. Takes you right to Amazon if you want to grab a copy. It's really, really a fun book. It like The biggest compliment I can give to this book, Mike, is it will make you a smarter basketball fan. Like, oh, well, easily. Thank you. Uh, and it's like for, you know, like you're just a – Again, you're probably, you're probably one of the best writers out there when it comes to X's and O's and like putting it into an, a digestible, easy to understand form for the idiots like us. So thanks for coming on. Congrats on the book, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Uh, I don't know. We're we gonna see you at All Star Weekend. Are you going out there? Uh, I don't think so, okay. but we'll see. Maybe summer league. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Summer no, league. thank you guys for all the praise. I've been listening to you guys since literally 2005. Like, I think I, I think I remember like kind of geeking out on the Bucks Pistons, like playoff preview in 2005 <laughs> that you, you guys did. That was the pre-trainer. So it's been a, it's a real pleasure. to be uh, That's when there was only one doors. NBA podcast that you were forced. To <laughs> yes. Mike, thanks so much. Everybody will get spaced out. We're going to take a break. When we come back, worst of the week nominees don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, we're back here in the Classic Factory. Yesterday, the NBA revealed the second fan vote returns for the 23 NBA All-Star Game. LeBron, Durant, Steph, and Kyrie remain the leaders at their respective position groups. Not a whole lot has changed, but let's look at them anyway. We'll start in the West. Curry and Luka lead all West guards by a mile. Uh, John Morant and SGA coming in third and fourth, but they will not be catching either Curry or Luka there. That's fine. Uh, forwards, LeBron, Jokic, and AD are your front court players in the Western Conference. Zion Williamson, fourth among front court players. He's, a uh, you know, less than 100,000 from AD. K, yeah, is like that, that what it is? Good Ish, math, man. Yeah. Uh, so that gap... It tightened up a little from the first returns, but not a not a whole lot. So, nothing changed really in the West. Any takeaways? Uh, not too many takeaways no. in the Western Conference. Kevon Looney passed Kawhi Leonard. 
from 10th to 9th. Rightful, rightfully so, if I, you ask me. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. Looney's really been hitting the glass <laughs> out there. Uh, and then a little pleasant surprise, I would say. Number 10 in the Western Conference uh, backcourt, De'Aaron Fox making an appearance. That's nice. That was one of the surprises from the first returns is yep. that neither of the Kings, him or Sabonis, made the top 10. They got behind Fox here okay. for the second round of voting. So nice to see. Good stuff. Uh, light the votes. Wait, I mean, that beam, makes it sound like you're burning them. Beam don't the do. votes in. Beam the votes in. That's yes. better. Hashtag beam the votes for Fox and Sabonis. Okay. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, we got Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they are the tops uh, amongst the guards. Um, and again, just like the West, pretty significantly there when you get into the actual numbers. Kyrie hitting over 3 million votes. In the front court, keep it going here. We got Durant, Giannis, and Jason Tatum. That's the biggest mover and shaker here of the second fan returns. Those are your top three vote getters for the forwards. So Tatum has moved ahead of Joel Embiid for that third place spot, but it's uh, less than 35,000 votes. <laughs> Separate the two. Uh, and really, look, today is a three for one day oh. where each fan vote counts three times. So really, that's like 13,000 votes. Separates <laughs> Beam them in. the two when you, when you get into it. So uh, any takeaways... From the Eastern Conference vote returns. I mean, the Tatum passing Embiid is pretty significant, I would say, for now, at least until we get to finding out who the starters are. Kevin Durant likely going to miss the All-Star game. So we'll get Giannis, Tatum, and Embiid as the front court regardless. Oh, yeah. I would assume assume they will replace uh, KD with whoever number four is in the All-Star voting. But I thought that was interesting to see, I guess. Maybe not a surprise. I don't know. I guess I guess I would have been surprised that Tatum was behind Embiid the first time around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that he passed, not totally surprising. Boston's got a huge fan base, and Tatum's an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. just like Embiid is. Uh, also, number ten in the Eastern Conference front court, Julius Randle from oh. my New York Knicks. Love to see it. I got a Knicks player. Yeah, yeah. He got in on we the. We got boat. one. Got one and got Derrick Rose uh, as well in oh, the backcourt right, there. Too. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Jalen Brunson next next time. I think he's going to be making the top ten. The other interesting thing to me um, in the Eastern Conference backcourt, Kyrie Irving still number one in yep. votes. Donovan Mitchell still number two in votes. But during this round of voting, Donovan Mitchell did have more votes than Kyrie Irving, hmm. and I assume his seventy-one point game happened. In the mix there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure on the timing of it, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So that's cool. He definitely deserves it. He should probably be the leading vote-getter in the Eastern Conference, strictly for on-court stuff. So we had that YouTube short where we were telling, basically yelling at Knicks fans to, come on, vote for Brunson. What's going on here? How's he not even in the top 10? Are, are Are you upset or happy that he's still not in the top 10? And here's why. Upset because they're not listening to us. They're not doing their work. He should be in the top ten when you get into the guards. Or happy because <laughs> we can post it again. Exactly. Extending Run the bit. Run it back. Yeah. Extend the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect it to be evergreen content, but it is uh, until Jalen Brunson makes an appearance. Okay. Let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Come That's on. My team. Uh, and I say this all the time, but it's worth a reminder. The fan vote accounts for only half of the overall voting when it comes to the starters. Uh, players get 25% of that vote. A panel of media members get 25% of the vote. Final returns released next Thursday. That's it. And then fan voting ends on January 21st. So actually on the weekend there, we will then find out the starters on January 26th. I believe they do that on uh, TNT. They do it as part of their pregame show. So we'll know the 10 starters then. And I'm sure on the uh, following uh, day's podcast, on the drop podcast on the Friday, 
we might start building our actual all star oh, teams. Once you know great. the starters, I really like making the teams. Yeah. It's like, well, those ten guys are in. Now let's get to work. Then we got to talk drafts. So oh, can't wait. Oh buddy. yeah. Can't oh wait. yeah. Well, that's the final takeaway. Giannis has closed within about forty-two thousand votes of KD for the top spot among all Eastern Conference players. So, you know, Giannis isn't you know playing all that well right this second. Uh, you know, you know, he was putting up forty and twenty, so he, <laughs> he was bound to fall off a little bit. But will he overtake KD to be drafting against LeBron James once again? Or will KD, even if he doesn't play, like last year, be drafting against LeBron? We'll see. We shall well, see. Giannis we shall see. Yeah. We're getting at. All right, let's get to worst of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst of the week. Oh, Skeets, we got a sizable crop today. <laughs> Take a look at this crop. Our first candidate, Dasani Water. <laughs> what? <laughs> Everybody knows Dasani Water. The absolute worst bottled water. It's salty. Blech. I was doing research into why it tastes so bad. They filter out all the minerals and put in their own mix. Give us nature's minerals. Yeah, what are you, why are you messing with water? Yeah, why are you messing with water? That's the question, Dasani. But if you need an even more validation for why you think, listener, viewer out there, why you certainly think Dasani is the worst water, Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer took a sip of a bottle of Dasani after a win against the Hawks. Got bitter bud face from it. Ugh. Nope. Did not like that. One sip. <laughs> probably heard it fizz when it opens. Why is water fizz? No one knows. Take a look. Oh, this Dasani? No, thank you. Bring me an Aquafina, please. <laughs> Dasani uh, Coca-Cola product? Yes, I hate to say it yeah. here in Atlanta. I yeah. know, I know. <laughs> I, I heard you had uh, helicopters over your house the other day. Yeah. I'm going to be on the lookout for them coming by my house a little bit later, talking smack about a local <laughs> Atlanta product. <laughs> so Dasani water. Okay, yeah. I uh, mean, the worst of the week for a long time, but finally an NBA worst of the week. Yeah. I'm going away to, uh, it's like a cottage, I guess, a, a lodge this weekend with a bunch of friends to celebrate another friend's birthday. And, uh, you know, you always got to ask, or I feel like I have to ask, like, can we drink the water? Like, do I need to bring bottle? I hate buying bottled water. Like, I, yeah. I, I loathe it. Like, I will drink. I mean, I will drink tap water unless like I'm gonna like get sick from it. <laughs> and I found out we're in the clear. Oh, nice. I mean, we're it's it's called like uh, something Creek Lodge. I'm like, well, I hope we're getting the water right out of the creek. <laughs> That's, That's a valid teaching. question. Though. But if you have you're to ask. In a cabin or yeah, a cottage, totally. Sometimes the water's coming right from the lake. Yeah. You can't drink. But you know, like 24 people. I like. It makes me feel icky. 24 people showing up. This is a huge lodge. We're going to have a blast all weekend, but it's like, you know how much water we have to bring? Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, a ton of booze is going to come, but there's going to be so much water. It's like, oh, and then I just, I'm looking at just all the crushed bottles everywhere. And mm. so, thank God, straight from the tap, baby. <laughs> single use plastics. Yeah. Worst of the week. Every single week. <laughs> Get yourself a water bottle and fill it up with some water, yeah. people. Okay? There you go. Our next candidate, Dwayne Dedman. Hmm. Proposing a rule here. We'll have to see if Tass uh, agrees to it. But if you smack a therapy gun onto the court during an NBA game, you get a nominee. And that's what Dwayner did on Tuesday night while the Heat were making a whole bunch of free throws. Got into an argument with his coach, Eric Spolstra. Really gave this Theragun a whack. Yeah, like it like arced it high arcs. into the air. Yeah. It wow. must have gone 10 feet in the air or something like that. Went halfway across the court. The Miami Heat... In consultation with the NBA, did suspend Dwayne Dedman for one game without pay for conduct detrimental to the team. 
I assume they had to have this conversation with the NBA because there's probably not anything in the collective bargaining agreement about when a player hits a therapy gun <laughs> onto the court. This is a one-time affair. Uh, but at the very least, uh, Dwayne Dedman is now the NBA's Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, of course, is the only guy to ever take off his skate and try to stab somebody with it. Oh. Dwayne's the only guy to ever smack a therapy gun onto an NBA court. Did, did Rudy Gobert get a game? When he hit the the cup or whatever he hit, he smacked a or the, the cup what, or like a gum container or something. Or was it the uh, the chalk? Was it the chalk container? It was. It he was smacked something on some kind of basketball accoutrement. Did he get a game for that? That's a good know. question. I mean, it, that one went more into the crowd, I think, or maybe the bench area. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, I could have gone sideways. Um, <laughs> but I, I also just because we've been talking about how much a therapy gun weighs. Yeah. Tass speculated twenty pounds, which we thought. Was way too much. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Dedman's strong, but I don't know if he could smack a 20-pound weight that far. <laughs> Three pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes, Still would hurt makes if it a hit lot you in the shoulder. Yeah. See, I actually thought it would maybe be a little bit heavier than that. Yeah. You kind of like, would like to get one. Well, I mean, I I, yeah. I should have one. As yeah, a, you, as should a runner, have one. you should have one. You should have one. They're not cheap. Like, you said it. Who brought it up? They're like, like 400 bucks. They're very expensive. Yeah, I'm sure the one Dwayne has was, oh, pff, I think there's like a $600. Top of the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't mess with his muscles. Do you think he broke the gun? Oh, I don't know, actually, because they're, they're pretty, pretty... I mean, they're, their whole point of yeah. them is they're pretty indestructible. Yeah, yeah. Great question. I've seen guys smack things on the side like that a hundred times. I think it was just bad luck that it flew into the... Yeah, he really, like, he turned around to, like, almost purposely hit it onto the court. Yeah. He should have just knocked it over, like... Yeah, just knock stuff over. Smash it to the ground. It's. I like that it's the closest thing to a dildo that's ever been thrown on to the court by a player. Interesting. You believe a Theragun is the closest thing well, to it's a not dildo. Well, it's not a dildo, but... Well, it might be painful. You know. The closest. Well, it might be not. Closest nice. to the... Uh, yes, I, I think... I don't think Rudy got a game for angrily slapping... Uh, it was a, a water bottle or... Yeah, it was water. He was upset. <laughs> he was upset. Uh, water. He was like, I, I can't believe this water's in a plastic uh, <laughs> container here. Sounds like me. If I spill at home and it's just water, sorry, it's just water. That'll evaporate eventually. Oh, Nora spilt water last night on this on her um, bedside table. Ooh, oh. That's the worst. And she had to get up, clean oh, up. Oh, Four in the morning. <laughs> got got Luna going nuts, of course. Yeah, it was, I mean, it made a big sound. Well, you got your phone on there. A book oh, that's right. I, I think it was a domino. I didn't ask her specifically, but I think it was a domino of a phone into uh, something into the water. That's why you need Trey's. Uh, you yeah, know, I was gonna uh, say I don't furnace. know if we're gonna be able to do that for every single worst of the week nominee, but I would say maybe get a water bottle. Well, <laughs> yes, but yeah, also you drop it every second episode on the show here, and it makes a giant thud. Imagine Dwayne Dedman smacking that onto it. If you ever hear that during one of our podcasts, it means Trey was reaching and dropped his giant water bottle, which hey, that thing true, weighs but... 20 pounds. Yeah, that weighs more that? than a Theragun. Yeah. Sometimes the noise you hear is my leg hitting the, oh, okay. the stand under okay. here. Um, also, wasn't sure what to do with this, but the Heat get at least a worst of the week mention for the resolution to their arena name. <laughs> yes. Some court <laughs> things just finished up, so now they can take... FTX off their arena. Okay. And they're now going to be calling their arena the arena. Okay. I don't mind it. I know. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> so it's not totally worst of the week, but I had to get some sort of a mention. The arena. Right. Just going back to calling things what they are. But but not only is it not going to be named FTX Arena anymore, obviously that the decal comes off the floor. That's one of my I least favorite so. yeah. uh, logos. Mm-hmm. Remember, I've always said it looks like a, a printer, like a dot matrix printer gone yeah. wrong. Yeah. Hated it. And uh, somebody pointed out, like, they thought people were slipping on it. 
uh, in Miami. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they can't get anything right, this FD. <laughs> so, uh, so it's called the arena. It's called the arena for now. Surely there will be another it's sponsor. It's a placeholder, obviously. Placeholder. Yeah. Well, no Dunks come in. No uh, Bang Bros put in a bid once again. <laughs> they did. <laughs> we'll see Speaking if it's successful dildos, this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that, that could change, JD, if Bang Bros actually gets the... Uh, <laughs> Well, gets the deal. I think now that we've hit 60,000 YouTube subs that we should uh, maybe what? throw in a bid to uh, name the arena. All no right. Dunks Arena there in Miami. And, uh, thank you to everybody. 60,000 subs. We said we would do it by All-Star Weekend. We've done it well before that. Before. Now we got to get to 70,000 before All-Star Weekend. Okay. Power levels 8,000. Power. Wait. It's over nine. Little anime here. It's over sixty thousand. <laughs> Jerome, you crazy son of a bitch. Sixty thousand and three, good. if we're being exact good. here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That, well, wow, didn't know that. Didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you by surprise there, JD. But way to have that racked up and ready to go. Oh yeah, it was uh, behind the scenes. Me and Jerome going back and forth. But it's all Jerome. So awesome, amazing. It's it's all Jerome, <laughs> and it's definitely an anime. I have no idea what it is. But I bet a lot of people will. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll get some Do you know that one? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, wait, that looked like Dragon Ball Z, actually. I, that's what Dragon I Ball said. Z, I know yeah. that one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it looked like it, uh, but I don't know well enough. <laughs> that was no. awesome. Okay. We are, we are going to put a bid in to name the uh, arena in Miami No Dunks Arena. And they can never dunk. That'll be a stipulation. <laughs> Sorry, Bam. Awesome, actually. Yeah. Well, they got Kyle Lowry. They got Hero. Like jo- Jimmy doesn't throw down. Not too often. That much. Yeah. yeah. Bam's in trouble. He throws down some, <laughs> some big ones. Well, I'm glad the mood is high because this is a legitimately sad story coming up next. Oh. Worst of the week nominee goes to two grown-ups who stole an autographed basketball from an 11-year-old. <laughs> That's pretty damn low. This is low. They were stuff. grown-ups. Is that for sure? That's what the news story yeah. says. I mean, God, uh, I thought, have... for some reason, I thought they were like teenagers. Not that it makes it better, but teenagers are dumb. Yes. This is grown ass man. That's teenagers are dumb. They make mistakes. Yeah. But grown ups are also dumb, but they do it on purpose most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Ellie Hughes, though, an 11 year old, is a huge Grizzlies fan. She's been going to games with her grandfather since she was five years old. She took the same ball to every game, got it signed by all kinds of players during the past six years. She wow. took it to Monday's game against the Spurs, trying to get John Morant's autograph. Obviously a huge one for a Grizzlies fan. And these two stupid grown-ups stole it from her. Family went on the news. They asked for the ball's return. We haven't They're seen very it. gracious about what happened, saying, hey, it could maybe be a mistake, which, fair enough, I guess it that could somebody be. Somebody just took it. Yeah, I guess. Nonetheless, they took her ball and left immediately. Very sad to watch, but there is a happy ending because John Morant found out about this via social media, got in touch with the family, brought Ellie and her family back to Wednesday's game against the Spurs. She sat courtside, and after the game, Ja hooked her up with his jersey that he was wearing nice. uh, when he dunked on Jakob Pertl and also the shoes that he was wearing, the new Nike Ja ones. Signed them both. Great stuff from Ja. Great stuff from Ellie, but still give her her ball back. Yeah. And, she still wants the ball. Two guys out there. Hey, they, look, we'll make you a deal. All right, you get that ball back to that little girl. We'll get you a no dunk shirt. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Signed by nobody. <laughs> no signatures. Not we'll a give you a no dunk shirt, and then we'll take it right back. I'm just trying to make a deal here. It's a negotiation, man. They don't deserve it. No, but what I'm gonna do is I'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, actually, I'll we'll get everybody to sign the shirt or sweater or whatever. 
Say, give the ball. I'm going to take the ball from them. Boom! I'm gone! <laughs> They're, okay, okay, I do like this. See? I like this now. Screw them. <laughs> All right, so that's a that's a big time worst. Of the that's week, a big time. That, worst I think that one's got to take the win, but uh, but at I, least like you said, you know, John Morant, one of the good guys, man. A lot of these NBA guys, especially these superstars, they're next level with fans. But it, he, it was he cool. is like, yeah. he, he see. I don't know if it's like we always just see it, but it feels like every week there's a story of John Morant hooking fans up with shoes or so and so. I don't know. Right. right. He gave um <laughs> he gave his jaws to a little boy previously, yeah. right? And like he broke down into tears immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so touched by it. So, Fans yeah, Josh says, I pretty much love to do that. <laughs> He's so. I would like to think I would, cool. too. Yeah, man. It's yeah, like, man. man, you're a superhero to these kids. But it's awesome. All right. Let's lighten the mood back up a little bit here. Our last work of the week nominee goes to whatever happened during a game on the King's Jumbotron this Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I sent this in. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is weird. The game is called Duck Dive. Okay. The contestant is allegedly... <laughs> Allegedly named Kevin. Okay. He's wearing a bright red wig and a Kevin Herter jersey. Right, right, right. When he hops in the mini pool filled with rubber duckies trying to find three different colored duckies, he just swims and flails. He is not searching for these ducks at all. Yeah, that's the important part. He's supposed to be finding those red duckies. I can see it, Kevin. He's just spinning his body. What is he doing? He's just Scrooge McDucking this here. (laughs) <laughs> the announcer is like, hey, you got to be looking for the ducks. Are you even looking? The crowd started booing him. He did so Look, okay. poorly. Now, 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 see, was this a bit? Was this a bit? That that reaction from him at the end made me go, it's a bit. You thought he was in on it. Yeah, because what is he doing? What uh, is what? he doing? <laughs> He's literally swimming around in the ducks. Not that would be fun. at all trying to find the red ducks. He's not even trying. And like when he does that look at the end, like, oh what? You know, why are they booing me? I was like, ah and and, and then you, you you add on the herder wig and the headband and his name is Kevin and I was like, Maybe this is the king this is a very weird King's bit. Possible? It's uh, definitely possible. I I personally can't say. <laughs> you could give me worst of the week because I got fooled by a Hawks kiss cam bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, that was the well, worst I felt it, the whole week. If it's a bit, it's a very strange bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the Kings duck if guy they, here? If the Kings are in on it. Like, oh, yeah. I, it's, he's obviously doing a bit for himself. Maybe <laughs> he's like a bit. performance artist or something. I, for but. a second, I, 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 at one second, I was like, did they tell him, they tell him, hey, man, this is Kings duck dive like you gotta like swim around to find them you can't just pick them out yeah. like he like he was almost <laughs> this makes no sense but maybe i'm trying to find a reason i think it's a i think it's a bit man i i know i'm so it could jaded be a, it could easily be a bit yeah well i don't get the bit then i just don't get <laughs> the it bit's like the crowd going what are you doing you so there's fool. Just, just just like to rile up the crowd the yeah crowd. i think we've got uh, uh, philip <laughs> here in the stream team says i was at that game we all booed him after. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the response they're looking for. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but Elvis is right. What's the bit? What's the <laughs> just bit? Go, what is it? Just go and be crazy and get the crowd angry at you. And maybe it's a cost-saving thing. They're like, I don't know if we can afford this one. Just uh, What was the prize? Just, just you know? I don't know what the prize was. Swim around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird bit like for so many reasons because it's like, I love, like, you notice, like, he is spilling out all these yellow duckies. Yeah. Because he's swimming in them. And, like, the, the the rest of the staff that works on the game ops, like, they're throwing them all back, right? they got to clean up this mess mm. in, like, <gasps> 20 seconds point. before the, yeah. the game resumes. Uh, yeah, it's 
It's strange. I guess put me down. It's a bit. It's the weirdest bit going. It's a weird bit. But now I sort of like it. <laughs> yeah. I saw another duck dive later this week. I just found them. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just found them. So doesn't that make you? Doesn't that lead you set. to believe that they decided let's switch it up here? Like, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe man. So. What are we talking? Maybe about? so. All right, a lot of nominees. <laughs> These are great nominees. Yeah, those are your candidates: Dasani Water, Dwayne Dedman, Thieves, and the King's Duck guy. So Was it's it it's the thieves. It's the thieves. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst of the yeah, week. But of the, week. the other ones are also great. Um, hey, let's uh, let's throw in one more too. Uh, for me, okay, worst of the week nominee for me on yesterday's. NBA Midseason Tears podcast. This is the second podcast we did yesterday. Uh, I told people when I tweeted it out, hey, save it for the weekend. This thing's two hours plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to have some time to kill on the weekend. You could have some fun with this. But we're ranking uh, all 30 teams once again into tiers, championship contender, all the way down to your tankers and stuff like that. I said something along the lines on this podcast how difficult and rare it was for a team to be out of the playoffs one year and then the following year like make a really long run in the postseason like let's say go to the finals or something because we were talking about teams like you know the Cavs and stuff like that so I said that thinking hey good point Skeets very difficult (laughs) Norman on IG he reminded me very kindly it wasn't like hey you idiot he said this has actually happened the last three seasons where a team didn't make the playoffs and then we're in the postseason the next year and went all the way to the finals. Warriors. And I was like, holy crap, the Warriors last year in Suns. 2022, the Suns in 21, and the Lakers in 20. It's not rare at all, apparently. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you, Norman. All the time now. Thank you for fact-checking me on that, putting me in my spot. Um, now, look, the Warriors, there's no Clay Thompson all of last, the year before the championship run. You know, there's that. There's no Chris Paul on the Suns the year before that one. You know, I'm, I'm making excuses now, but... He's right. He's right. It's not that rare, at least recently. <laughs> so, so, so we'll see if that uh, that streak can continue. Will we have a team that didn't make the playoffs uh, last year go all the way to the final? That will be very difficult, I feel like, this year because a lot of the teams, even even the Cavs, well, well the Cavs were... The Cavs made the play-in, play but they didn't in, make it to the playoffs. Yeah, but... That's your best bet. Weren't the Warriors in the play-in? Batter the Kings. The Warriors were in the play-in the year before their... Warriors were in the play-in, lost yeah. to the Lakers when yeah. LeBron uh, shot for the middle basket. I guess if we could, if we don't count uh, winning your way in from the play-in to the 7th or 8th, then that's, I mean, that's making the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, who could it be? Kings. <laughs> Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings. Going they have the not NBA made the playoffs, playoffs for a while. That's a great call. <laughs> wow. Watch this Cinderella come, baby. I can't wait. Uh, thank you, though, Norman, for uh, fact-checking me on that. we got to take one more break. When we come back, pick up results, tweet of the night, and rapid-fire fun. All right, back with you, boys. I know we didn't have a chance to uh, touch on last night's games, and there were some good ones. SGA with 37. Thunder. Hot, baby. Hot. I'm happy we put them in the play-in-potential category, right. the greatest tier on yesterday's podcast in the afternoon. They beat the Sixers. We had the shorthanded Heat beating the shorthanded Bucks uh, last night by six. Celtics pulled away in the fourth. They beat the Nets. Siakam had 35. Raptors beat the Hornets. I just want the Raptors to play the Hornets every night, and we'd be easily in the 10th seed. Watch out, baby. Uh, <laughs> First uh, three-game win streak of the season for yes, the Raptors. Yes, that's huh? right. That's right. Uh, Rubio returned to the Cavs. Uh, and like I said, Dame had 50, but they lost as the uh, Cavs got one there on the road. And then Luca. I mean, this game was was drunk 
the Lakers-Mavs game. He hit big three-pointers a couple times. We had a controversial no-call on uh, Troy, don't call me Tony Brown. Uh, <laughs> it was the, uh, the the official said, hey, high five. It's high not five. a foul. You can high five, but was there body contact, all that. But they won 119-115 in double overtime. Double OT. Yeah. yeah I, the thing I mostly took away from Mavs-Lakers is it felt like everybody was complaining about the refs, even you know going down to the, to the last no call. But also, Luka hitting two threes to send it to overtime cool. twice. That's pretty cool. That's how you stay on the MVP leaderboards. Stop letting this guy shoot threes at the end of games. Like, <laughs> just he does want to do that. I've foul noticed. wall right away. Like, why are you doing that? Um, yeah, so some pretty entertaining games there for, for a Thursday night. Uh, one of them was that Celtics-Nets game. I took the Nets to cover. I was wrong. I, I'm, I'm struggling here in 2023 when it comes to our picks. I'm 3-6 and six with that loss. Task got it right, 4-5, and five, and you are hot. This guy drinks a lot of water, but he's hot right now. 7-2. Yeah. and two. Is your record? Or to get your? Yeah, there it is. You gotta cool yourself down. You're so hot. Or maybe mm. don't, man. Mm. No, don't. Picks are already in. Oh, this guy's confident. Um, tonight's game. We're going with the Warriors Spurs game, which is in the Alamo Dome. <laughs> That's right. We're setting a record tonight. Uh-oh. NBA record, sixty-three thousand plus. Uh, I think it's gonna tick up higher even as we get closer to the game. It might get to 65,000, uh, which is wild. I mean, this is going to be quite the scene. But Tass and Trey, that did not scare them from taking the Warriors to definitely spoil this party in San Antonio. Big line. They got to win by nine or more. But I'm taking the Spurs, baby. This is this is their Game 7 championship title game here tonight. Yeah. I'll admit I forgot that that was this game. But will it matter? Beca- well, maybe because a the Warriors bat on the road to begin with, and now they got to go shoot in a gigantic dome. Yeah, cavernous. Cavernous. Yeah. Uh, I'm just hoping they have a little bit of a bounce back after a disappointing performance in Steph's return. Yeah. Let Let's hope for the sake of sixty three thousand plus though that it is uh, an entertaining game. Yes. I hope. I almost. Yeah. I know you got the Warriors. That's your pick. But like, <laughs> would. It'll be a little deflating if the Warriors beat them by 25 or something. <laughs> yeah. like, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm taking Agreed. the Spurs. It's going to be close. I don't know if they're going to win, but it's going to be close. you got to give that home crowd uh, of, of 63,000 plus at least a good show. So that's tonight's game. Good luck to everybody. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. JD, Tweet of the Night. Yeah, I have Tweet of the Night. Um, I'll try to make this quicker running long. Um I have this thing where I look at Twitter whenever I have Twitter of the night. So once in a blue moon, really. Um, this one's almost, it is NBA related because uh, this caught my eye yesterday. It's a it's an account I follow that's actually NBA related. Okay. NBA film tweets. You guys heard of this? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Follow, it, yeah. it pops up every once yeah. in a while. It's Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> Just asking, this is back in what, what t- t- 2011. 2011. So whoever runs this account, they just dig deep right. and they have a collection and they just throw it out every day. I think they're pretty consistent. Anyway, uh, J- Jimmer Fredette saying, has anyone seen the new movie Tree of Life with Brad Pitt and Sean Penn? I've heard mixed reviews and I'm going to go see it tonight. Okay, this is 2011. This is Jimmer 2011. Fredette. It's Terrence Malick. Uh I started watching this movie maybe, and it was uh, whatever. It's, it's I watched it. Is it? <laughs> did you like it? I mean, I think I did. 
got through maybe the first 20 I think, minutes. I think so. I saw this movie in a theater. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hyped up movie. It was. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I remember it being quite a long movie too, uh, especially for yeah. 2011. I know every movie's long now, but I, I didn't hate it, but I definitely didn't love it. And I was not telling people to go see it. Right. Okay. Like, well, I, I guess it, I was entertained enough. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sort of curious to see if Jimmer liked it, but also <laughs> who cares? <laughs> But anyways, I just went <laughs> for a deep dive. Tweet. So I grabbed yeah. some of my favorite tweets from this account. So okay. these are very random. The first one's from Seth Curry. This is August 12th, 2012. <laughs> okay. I only argue music, movies, sports with a select few people. That means I think you are well-informed and respect your opinion. Wow. God, I'd love to <laughs> argue movies with Seth Curry because then I would know that he respected my <laughs> yeah. opinion. Even if we disagreed. So, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. What do you think you would say to him as your first opinion to convince him? Ooh. I would say Tree of Life. <laughs> not not great. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, next one is from Sean Marion. Uh, watching Casino. Watching Casino now. The mob is so serious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sure is. Awesome. Uh, sure a fantastic is. movie. Yeah. Though. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, next one. The Adjustment Bureau <laughs> made a lot of waves in the NBA world when it came out. We've what? got Garrett Temple saying, got to see the Adjustment Bureau with Matt Damon. Uh, Steve Nash checking out the Adjustment Bureau. Uh, Nate Robinson, the movie Adjustment Bureau was just great movie. Hashtag classic. classic. Hashtag word act. Oh yeah. Uh, Tyson Chandler at PF Changs with friends and fam, then headed to the movies to see Adjustment Bureau. What the hell? Uh, Jeff Green watching the Adjustment Bureau. And then Chris Bosch, this is from two years earlier. I just met Matt Damon. Cool guy. Wow. Do NBA, so, NBA players love Matt Damon? I guess so, right? <laughs> And I remember that movie sort of making a splash, but and I saw it in the theater. I was like, okay, yeah, fine. It's too. a Philip K. Dick, uh, yep. you know, uh, science fiction. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right, next one. Uh, Kevin Durant. I love this one. Randomly, August 19th, 2009, Spock as a little kid would beat the hell out of Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Like, what the hell? What? Like, I mean, it's right. It's very accurate. It's 100% accurate, but why? How did he get to that? I don't know. Don't, he must have been watching Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, where we see... Well, hold on. We see Spock as a child in... I don't know, in one of the reboots, right? Maybe? Oh, yeah, who cares? I think you're but right. anyways... What what's that got to do with Macaulay Culkin and I Home Alone? Like, if it was at Christmas time, maybe, you know, because you'd, it's on the brain, Home You said Alone? this is middle of the summer. It was August 19th. Anyway. this You know, these these tweets really paint the picture of what Twitter used to be, too. Totally. I know, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that, too. It's it like, oh, that. yeah, we just used Twitter like we used uh, the old Facebook the status. Um, status. status. It's like, yep. here, here's a thing I'm thinking, like I'm doing in my day-to-day life. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to tell the world. Yeah. That's yeah, Sort of changed. There were no threads back then, felt like, <laughs> except for this one. What? Michael Thompson. He's a he's an older player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this. It's a series of two <laughs> tweets. Uh, Ghost in the Shell? Is Hollywood running out of movie ideas? What? Dot, dot, dot. Is dot, dot, dot. That. Next tweet. I've heard of turtles in a shell. Ninja turtles. But ghost in the shell? Huh? I mean... It's 
I love it. I love this kind of stuff. Okay, next one. Uh, well, there's K- more. Oh, my God. Yeah, KJ McDaniels. We got a couple. Okay. KJ McDaniels. It's it's just, I love this because he's in high school, obviously. This is yeah. 2011. It's just me, <laughs> Willie, Bernard, Darrell in class with no teachers. We popped on the movie Jaws. <laughs> Twitter from his Blackberry. <laughs> Twitter from Blackberry. That's, That's so great. And what a great movie to put on. And the last one, I love this more than anything. It's Meta World Peace. He's just saying, okay, so Little Shop of Horrors. My favorite movie. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do about it, huh? That's it. That's the tweet. And respect because it's a great movie. Rick Moranis. Wow. He's great. Um, These were, you found all these or these were all from uh, MBA? Those are all in the, yeah, I just went deep into the, I'm not looking for, I can barely find one tweet on one night. (laughs) True. Yeah, so this was just in the thread, but uh, worth a follow. Uh, What was it called? NBA film. So how do they, they, how do they do it? They literally have to put every NBA player name and movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Well, good for them. That's that's a fun account. Great, great tweet of the Very night there. Funny. Great tweets of the night going <laughs> way back. Uh, I recently watched uh, the the. I don't even know if I have. And I'm going to say it correctly, but the Banshees of uh, oh, yeah. Incheon. It's on my list. Inchirin. I haven't seen it, Is it yet. Good? It's not what I expected at all. Looks- I, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot more. It, it has funny moments, but I thought it was going to be a lot more funny because mm. it's like a, a tragic. Mm dramatic comedy i think yeah. is how it's pitched i've seen it been called a black comedy for sure it it is it definitely has elements yeah. i like i liked it yeah i liked it um, no, but again it it's a weekend. movie where i'm not i don't think i'm gonna be like you gotta watch it you gotta <laughs> see it well it's probably gonna be nominated for stuff right? it was definitely nominated for a golden globe or, or two um yeah it's the That's same guys that were in, in Bruges, right? Yeah. Yes. Running yes, it yes, back. Yes. That's prob- that was a funny movie. Yes, you're right. You're right. I liked it. Nora was not as much of a fan. Sounds like it's not very good. No, I mean... It's I mean, a, you're not giving it a, a glowing review. Well, hold when on. you like something, you like something. It's a, it's a feel-bad movie, it sounds like. Skip. Yeah, and it's a... <laughs> I feel bad it's a, enough It's sometimes. an art house movie, too. Yeah. Like, I right. mean, it, it depends how you feel about those type yeah, of movies. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, go check it out if you want. Uh, I would, you know what? Here <laughs> to, to credit the movie, or I don't know, is this a, a positive or a negative? After the movie ended, I'm sitting with it, going, "That's it's a, got a weird ending and all that." But I'm like, "Wow, what what is this? What does this movie say?" Yeah, yeah. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. And after doing a little bit of reading, and I won't give anything away, I was like, "Oh, that's it's that's the metaphor right. for this movie," and it made a little bit more sense. Okay, so and then I was like, "Oh, I liked it a little bit more after that." Usually, if I'm Googling the movie after I see it, I'm into it. Like, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which there may be some of that. Okay, anyway, let's hear from everybody. You like that movie, The Banshees? Let me know. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We're almost done here, but we got some rapid fire fun. Yeah, there's only three of us. I can ask the questions and answer them too. I already did it before. What's the big deal? Everything I'm going to say, I've already said 10 times before on this (laughs) podcast anyway, if you've been keeping track. So let's get to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, First one. It's actually from uh, Mr. Sadistor by way of Twitter. This was a great question. This week, the Heat made the most ever free throws in a game without a miss. 40 straight. 40 for 40. Wow. What's the most impressive thing you can do without consecutively messing up? Trey? I don't have a good answer. No? No, because I more often consecutively mess things up. Oh. It's hard for me to keep doing the right thing. <laughs> you over know, and like, over? Yeah, it's like, I'm thinking... Of, bring my water bottle every day and then I leave it here sometimes. Do you drink uh, I don't know what is that a liter of water every day? Uh, at least. That's good. Okay. Every day you do that? 
I mean, I drink this thing every day. Sometimes like, twice. It, hold on, is that a goal? Like, you're like, I, I'm not going to bed until I drink that? I'm or? just freewheeling it out oh, there. Freestyling okay. it. Freestyling it, keeping <laughs> that throat satiated. One, one of my New Year's resolutions was to drink more water. Wow. So I actually, okay. ha- I actually have to, like, force, not, like, in a way, force myself, like, I want to take down 32 ounces of water every day. So I fill up the jug, and we got to get through that. And so, like, uh, 11.59 some nights, I'm chugging away. Wow. wow. Uh, no, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. But, like, I do have to be like, that's the goal. Let's get that in me. Do you put it in your little app? To- yeah, of course I do. <laughs> that's insane. You put drink water in your drink app? Drink 32 ounces <laughs> of water. Why don't you break it up Check. throughout the day? Like, drink no, there, there's apps for that. Yeah, I yeah. think our guy Wendell does that from Survivor. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually. Um, but uh, no, I just put drink 32 ounces of water, and then I and it's a nice feel good check nice. when I do it. Sounds cool when you do it. I, li- I love the sound of your to do app. Yeah, it does <laughs> sound. No, it very... changed. What? Yeah, my, it, I, I updated it and it went away. I don't. I can't find what? it on the setting. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, Mario. It was yeah. Really satisfying. <laughs> it was fun because you shook the phone and it would do it. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. It was it's cool. off. I can't turn it back on. But anyway. That's I, that's your answer for you. I'm answering you. for you. you I, I appreciate it. I didn't have a great answer, but you're right. I'm a compulsive sipper. Hmm. You, you like liquids. I love liquids. So do I, though, but water. Yeah. yeah. I like water. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know what? I'm getting into the habit of liking yeah. water more and more. It's, that's a, it's like chapstick, though. You drink a lot of it, then you, you, you get thirsty and thirsty. More and more great thirsty. point. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go to the washroom more and more. Yeah. Well, there are worse things you could be addicted to. <laughs> That's for sure. You're right. JD, what is uh, the most impressive thing you can do without consecutively messing up? I also had uh, not a very great answer <laughs> That's here. a tough question There's, from Mr. Sinistor. It is a very... I, Rachel's like, I told her about this, and she she gave me a very not not suitable for this show or work or anything else thing, But so I'm not going to say that one. <laughs> Maybe come to our live show, buy a VIP ticket, and I'll tell you what it is. But <laughs> all I have, wow. really, is uh, joined a pickleball league. Uh, first game was on... Uh, first, I uh, yeah, yeah, game was on uh, Monday night, and uh, I got four serves in. Four in a row, like, aced them. You know what I mean? Nice. Like, that's it. Aced them in the sense they didn't return them? Uh, they returned one, but I kept the serve myself for oh, yeah, four, yeah, yeah. four points, okay. which I was pretty proud of. That was a, that was a milestone for me. There so you go. That's all I got. That's and pickleball, you gotta. Yeah, that's an underhand serve. Like yeah, below your waist, you can't right? do it overhead. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be below your waist. Yeah, and I bounce it like a little baby. I'm like Happy Gilmore coming up. Like <laughs> I like to almost take a run at it. And <laughs> it's not pretty. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you're playing pickleball tonight. Yeah. Uh, no, not no. You're not. No, I'm not. Well, your wife yesterday <laughs> caught me between shows uh, oh, warming she's up try, some she's food. She's trying to recruit you. Oh, she is. Definitely. She's like, <laughs> she's like, she's laid it on hard. She's like, we got to get you out there Friday nights. You, you made you the know. mistake of telling her you played pl- oh, pickleball once. Once. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming. Okay. I want to see. I want to see how good she is. She's pretty. She's good. Yeah. She yeah, is yeah. good. She's uh, elite. It's going to be so cold tonight, though. Oh, you play outdoors. The the thing tonight. Is oh, outdoors. yeah, yeah. You're not playing outside. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, some serves there on the pickleball court. Yeah. I I struggled with this one too. <laughs> Why did I put this in? <laughs> but I went with, and this is not a brag, okay, at all. But like, I got decent hand-eye coordination. I can juggle, and I could juggle for a de- a pretty damn long time without screwing up. Just three balls, mm-hmm. nothing nothing crazy like yeah. your four or five balls. But like, I mean, if we had real juggle, uh, you know, juggling balls, like. I could just do it. It just like once you, you once you can juggle, it's like just like it's the toss, right? You're just throwing it right to the hand. So 
<laughs> juggle. Wait, can you do? That's impressive, can man. You I can only juggle balls? like three jugs. Can I do what? Like knot balls, like pins or yeah, yeah, knives? Yeah, yeah. Or... yeah, yeah. Oh, knives? No, no. Okay. Uh, pins, I could probably do. That would take a, a second to get the timing of the flip down. Flips. If but you can I, do pins, you can do knives. But I can do. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. That's what the I'm real jugglers say. That anybody yeah. do that, but. <laughs> Just saying. You can do pins, you can do knives. Pretty similar. It's a good t-shirt yep. for jugglers right there. Uh, juggle. I'll go with that. Uh, all right, next one here. We talked about it. The Spurs have sold 63,000-plus tickets for tonight's return to the Alamo Dome game against the Warriors, a figure that will set the NBA's single-game attendance mark regular season because we were all at – correct me if I'm wrong – we were all at – uh, Cowboy Stadium, yep. 2010, All-Star Weekend, when they had over 100,000 people packed into that thing for the All-Star Game. Jerry's World. Jerry's World in Arlington. Was that the Texas. first event that was held there? Like, it had just opened, It was, right? yeah. It was brand new. I don't know if it felt was like it was first. brand new. So, I guess the, the, the question of this is, besides a sporting event, because we were all there, which I had forgotten about on yesterday's podcast when I said my buddy Grish, Right. Held it over me for my entire life that he was at WrestleMania 3 with one of the greatest, biggest crowds of all time. We beat him by like 30,000. Better game up. I mean, I can't believe I forgot about it. But anyway. Let's go to the Alamo Dome. Yeah, right. Uh, What's the largest crowd you've ever been a part of besides a sporting event? Trey. I don't know numbers wise, but feel wise, we went to that Kanye West free concert in New York City. Oh, yeah. All Star Weekend 2015. And it was like three city blocks of people packed. just packed in. Yeah. It was freezing cold. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was awesome, though. There was that one uh, bottleneck. That where was big uh, bottleneck. I was like, this is not fun. It was a thoit Where squeeze. are these people going? Yeah. Where are, like, we are going to get pinned up against that glass. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... That was a ton of people going. Yeah. Everybody trying to get to the same place. Nobody really being able to move. Brought out Fetty Wap. We never saw this. Did we see the stage ever? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe we saw like a board, like a Jumbotron yeah. or something like that, but we didn't see much. We heard it. We heard it. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of people there, though. Yeah. That was a fun time. Good good answer here. Yeah. Uh, what about you, JD? I remember you guys being almost shell-shocked coming back from that. You're like, I'm not like some people obviously terrified of large crowds and stuff yeah. like that. I, I don't really care. But like when you have that many people trying to like go a very – it was trying to like – because they had so many barriers up and stuff, right, and there's yeah. way too many, or way more people than they probably thought. We had so many people trying to go one way and so many people trying to go the other way through this super narrow, like a like a building, and then all these barriers. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I remember it take like it took like 20 minutes to get oh, through yeah. like a 10 foot area. Yeah, what? because this it was move. outdoors too. It was, it was outdoors. outdoors. Yeah. Freezing that. Really yeah, it was cold. cold. Really yeah. cold. Super cold. Huh. Uh, anyway, my answer. I looked it up. I thought it was, it was a larger crowd, but in 1991, I went to the Reading Festival okay. uh, in England, yep. and uh, it's it was 60,000. So it's, a lot. It's, a, it's big. It's pretty big. But the interesting part of the story is that I went on day two uh, because my friend worked with uh, the guys who were in Blur, and they were the, in the afternoon. It was just as their first hit had come out or mm-hmm. whatever. But the day before Nirvana played, 40 minutes set, and I didn't get, I wasn't there for that. I'd never wow. heard of them. This was in 91. Uh, but, anyways, big crowd. 
great. It was like August, late August in in Britain. A beautiful day, and uh, but I had missed Nirvana, mm-hmm. you know. And then I wasn't really interested. Della Soul played. I saw them. I saw Blur. Uh, and then James was the headline. I, headliner I left before James. I don't like James. This bed is on fire with passionate love. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I didn't know who you were talking about there. Yeah, these are, these are very old. Iggy Pop the night before. Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> so, so you 90s. looked it up, eh? You looked up the I looked up the lineup, list, yeah. The but I don't remember any of the... I remember Delisol because they were like hip-hop within all these sort of yeah. grungy uh, artists. But anyways, Miss Nirvana, big crowd, 60,000. That's the end of my answer. Okay. I, I went with a music festival, too, because most of the big crowds I've been a part of are sporting events. Uh, Oshiega, probably. But it's not mm. even that big. But I was struggling to think. Like, you didn't go to uh, SARS Fest then, No. Yeah. No, I didn't either. That would have been the answer. Yeah. How many did they have up in Downsview Park for SARS Fest <laughs> way back in the day in Toronto? It was a lot. Huge. It, was it was huge, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't go. So I'll go with Oshiega, which is in Montreal. Great music festival, by the way. Awesome location. It's where they have the uh, F1 race. It's on the island there. Nice. Yeah, it's a really great spot. All right, final one. The uh, Wizards are doing a Kyle Kuzma bobblehead night, complete with the oversized Pepto pink sweater, the white toque he has on, you know, the classic look. Like, I think we have a photo of it here. Apparently, it has. We don't. A, oh, we don't? Okay. Well, it's got a. <laughs> It's got swingable arms. Bobble arms. Bobble arms on this bobblehead. So the question is, what iconic piece of clothing or accessory would you like to see featured on your very own bobblehead? (laughs) All right. (laughs) More like a bottlehead, am I right? So so your bobblehead would be holding a one liter... Yeti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What Canteen. Is this, Thirty-two okay. to thirty-eight ounces. And what is it like? Burnt orange. Yeah, burnt orange. I Do you like that's that right. color? That's nice. Yeah, that nice. it's so similar to a basketball. I have it. You I know. know. Yeah. When I when I sit down and I have my Wilson Jet Evolution in the front seat with me, they look almost identical. <laughs> the bobblehead would have to have some kind of feature where it just falls out of my hand. But then <laughs> you can pick it back up. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's, oh, that's what bobbles. Yeah, that's what bobbles. Oh. There we go. Yeah. All right. Okay, good answer. I like that. That's what I'm looking for here, JD. What about yours? What's that distinct, uh, distinct feature? Basically wearing it, you know, I got my toque, my glasses, yeah. something Canadian. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, I would uh, have to include my uh, my custom-made oh, yeah. Air Force Ones. Oh, yeah. Signature shoe right there. The Beaver and the Salad King logo. So you'd and, be wearing uh, those. I would be wearing those on my bobblehead. I don't know what else. Either that or, like, a house coat and, like, a... A back brush, you know, as if I was about to go have a bath, you know. Oh, yeah. You know yours would be in a bath. Yeah, it should. Yeah. Yeah, In a bath. In a bath. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) With my feet sticking out with these. That's cool. Yeah. With your hat on, your glasses still works. Perfect. And then these, this is what bobbles. The the feet. No, your dong bobbles. Come on. Oh, that too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I will go with. Uh, remember, we have that graphic or those photos made. Uh, somebody did bobbleheads for all of us. Yeah. We sometimes use them when we do our ad reads or whatever. But uh, I think um, I would go with. I just have to wear like a Good Morning Sweet World shirt. And now, who is who made those? Uh, I think Stefan Vassilov. That Vassel? sounds right. Yeah. I believe that is correct. He for the Good Morning Sweet World took the globe and made it into like a sweet, like a candy. Right. We right. Should make right. shirts like that. But. Um, yeah, it would. That would be featured. It would have to have "Good Morning, Sweet World" somewhere yeah. on the bobblehead. Maybe mine's a talking bobblehead. I press a little button and it says "Good Morning, Sweet World." I love it. Ooh, I love it. Cool. Let's build these. Let's make them. 
we're doing everything now that we've hit 60,000 subs like we are naming arenas we are making bobbleheads people didn't know we were waiting for 60k but we had a a really big deal to us yeah Uh, it's a big deal for one day until we start telling you we gotta get to 70,000 70's next that's right Uh, but thank you thank you thank you that's Rapid Fire that's a drop podcast thanks to Mike Prada for swinging by talking about his book Spaced Out again there's a link in the description of this show click on that grab that book if you're an NBA sicko or even a casual you'll learn a lot you'll become a much smarter basketball fan so check it out yesterday we dropped that uh, NBA Midseason Tears podcast it's two hours long we're talking about every single team we're ranking them all so again, if you haven't listened or watched that one yet, you got all weekend to enjoy that. It's pretty evergreen, at least for, uh, I would say, a week or so. No, no dunks on Monday. Little programming note. Mm. It's always weird when I read that. No, no dunks. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 yes. Uh, Matumbo on Monday here. No, <laughs> no dunks. We're going to take it off. Enjoy the uh, MLK Day full of basketball. It's on all during the day. So we'll be Start watching early. hoops. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap uh, a lot of those games talk about the biggest NBA news so back on Tuesday January 17th I think sounds crazy that's right, that's right. right. Yeah, it's like feeling like January is already over uh, but that's when we'll be back but this is fun on that Monday there will be a brand new Is This Good podcast we're back with hey. Big Waz from the uh, the Ringer NBA show <laughs> he's talking with Matty O and JD about a number of topics uh, so that's on Monday that'll drop is this good there's also a link to that to the YouTube in the uh, YouTube description of this show it's got its own podcast feed so search out is this good with uh, Matty O and friends and that drops on Monday it's been a while since we've had an ITG in our lives so. been a little bit yeah I'm excited to hear Big Waz. He's got takes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got opinions on everything. I love it, so that should be fun. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for the 60,000 subs. We'll see you at 70,000. Until next time, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Toscanini once recorded a piece 65 times. You know what he said when he finished? It could be better. Think about it. Brace the weekend, people.